Listening on a higher dimension. Seventh Wave Network. Good afternoon, and welcome to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Over the next hour, you'll learn how to see your true self in the midst of life's twists and turns. You'll be challenged to think outside of the box when it comes to the mysteries of life. Now, here's your host, Andrea Matthews. I'm so excited about today's guest, Sir David Hawkins, MD, Ph.D., Dr. Hawkins is a nationally renowned psychiatrist, physician, researcher, and lecturer. He co-authored the groundbreaking work Orthomolecular Psychiatry with Nobel laureate Linus Pauling that helped revolutionize psychiatry. He has appeared on several television shows, has been awarded several national and international awards. He was knighted by the Sovereign Order of the Hospitalers of St. John of Jerusalem and honored in the East with the title Foremost Teacher of the Way to Enlightenment. He is the author of seven book series, beginning with Power Versus Force, which was recognized by Mother Teresa, and including The Eye of the Eye, Eye, Reality and Subjectivity, Truth Versus Falsehood, Transcending the Levels of Consciousness, Discovery of the Presence of God, and Spirituality and Modern Man. And for listeners, I would very much encourage you to read these powerfully profound books that will help you awaken into your own levels of consciousness. Dr. Hawkins is beyond doubt one of the foremost leaders in the world today who shows us the way to enlightenment. The most interesting thing to me about Dr. Hawkins' work is his understanding that we all have a deeper, for lack of a better word or words, a deeper and higher self that can be accessed and lived out right now here on the planet and that we don't have to wait for an after-death heaven to experience enlightenment and its peace right here on earth. For that reason, we're going to be talking to Dr. Hawkins today about the self and consider how it interacts with the sort of lower self, again, for lack of a better language for this, that many will call the ego. Dr. Hawkins, welcome to Authentic Living. We're so very grateful that you've taken the time to speak with us today. Uh, Thank you for the invitation. It's very gracious of you. Okay. Well, let's just jump right in there. Before we can do anything else, please help our listeners to understand the concept that you put forth so eloquently in Power Versus Force. Can you help us understand what is the distinction between power and force? Well, we defined uh, force as uh, <clears throat> moving something from here to there, and, and when you do that, you expend energy. The best example is uh, modern physics. Uh, power, on the other hand, doesn't move from one place to another. It stands still, and it influences everything around it by virtue of its own qualities. So the best example of that would be gravity. Gravity doesn't go anywhere. It just stands there and influences everything within its domain. The light of the sun does the same thing. You know? So force expends itself, and uh, power stands by its own quality, influences everything around you. So we know, for instance, the higher levels of consciousness tend to influence other people without having to even say anything about it. And we know the lower levels uh, tend to expend themselves, and uh, they eventually end up as quite negative in their effect. Uh Okay, okay, so that's clear. 
So how did you come to understand the higher levels and lower levels of consciousness? The, um, I myself uh, had uh, rather unusual experiences beginning at a very uh, young age, uh, experiences of what the world calls the higher self, I would say, or the presence of God as uh, an infinite presence of infinite love with no beginning and no end. So it uh, was not a force. It didn't start and stop and go from here to there. It's an overall prevailing condition, much like the atmosphere outside influences everything in it. So these uh, experiences that I had starting at age three was the most uh, shocking one. And then the most beatific one uh, reoccurred uh, during adolescence in which I experienced the infinite presence and its full glory and its uh, beyond all time and the beginnings or endings. And I had the privilege of experiencing that, that which is the full, you know, the full flowering of the true self. So I had experience. Then, of course, later I became a psychiatrist and went through psychoanalysis and became well acquainted with the Freudian ego and the so there's the spiritual ego, and then there's the Freudian uh, ego, and uh, from them we can put together an overall view of the possibilities of the, within the human dimension, all the possibilities within the human dimension, which is uh, the field which we study. And so I've studied consciousness uh, itself you know, for many decades. And that's what these books are all all have to do with the discovery that there's various levels from the highest to the lowest, and that's the classic chain of being. The classic chain of being classifies the positive emotions at the high end of the scale and the low end. The low end is narcissistic self-interest. Yes. Right, and most of us can pretty well grasp that whole idea of narcissistic self-interest, but it's harder for us to grasp that that other 700 uh, uh, highest form of an, of being, which is and the enlightened self. So, can can you help us understand the distinction between the natural ego or or the ego that's the narcissistic self and the spiritual ego? Well, what's commonly called the ego in Freudian psychology is is a, a positive thing. It's the interaction between your instincts and the world and your conscience. So you have the superego, which is your conscience, the inner parent, you might say. Then you have the adult ego, which is the functioning self. And then you have the infantile ego, which is the small self. And so you can, what what I wrote about and I wanted to share with the world was the discovery that there's a whole scale of levels of consciousness, which includes all living things throughout all of time on this planet, and uh, goes all the way up from the lower levels of the animal kingdom to the higher levels of the animal kingdom to the lower levels of the human kingdom to the highest levels of the human kingdom. And anything can be calibrated along a scale of consciousness. And what the scale of consciousness really detects is the essence of things instead of the appearance. You know, a common saying on TV right now is perception is reality, which uh, speaks exactly about what I'm talking about. 
you know, in reality, perception is not reality, but they, it's sold as reality. And they say, you know, so what the modern skeptic says is reality doesn't matter. It's just how you look to everybody and what they think and believe about you. Mm-hmm. And what you are is irrelevant, actually. <laughs> right, right, right. If you can pull the wool over the eyes of the public, you can get elected to high office. We're seeing it in today's tele- television. <laughs> right, so image then becomes everything. You you can scam the IRS and then they get appointed to the head of the IRS. I mean, that's quite a feat, isn't it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> so in the spiritual ego, then, what would the spiritual ego be like? The spiritual ego is that non-narcissistic, impersonal self, which is a radiance, which comes from other dimensions. It's the radius of the, the core of one's existence, is the self uh, which is created by God. And so divinity within is uh, historically referred to as the self with a capital S, and the ego is the self with a small s. And spiritual work is transcending the levels of the small self, S, S self, and to begin to realize the higher dimensions of the higher self. And uh, experientially, of course, it's dramatically different, whether you live in hatred, fear, jealousy, uh, or whether you live in a beatific uh, state in which everything is beautiful and serene, and there's a sense of infinite timelessness. Mm -hmm. Right. So... In the spiritual self, we are we are our divine nature, we, and that's what I refer to as the authentic self, the real me. Yes, and, the self with a capital S. Yes, absolutely, with a capital S. And so, okay, uh, it, we live in a world that teaches us that to, to suppress or repress our emotions, and as that sort of uh, goes into the new age or new thought world, what happens is we tend to think that the way to transcend our emotions is to just... Uh, not be present for them, sort of push them away. Um, and we're going to have to take a break in a few minutes, but I want to start, at least start this answer. What do you think of this methodology, and what would you recommend instead? What do I think of what? The idea that we're, that in order to become, to transcend the ego, we have to sort of repress our emotions. No, that's the neurotic way, is repression. Right. And the um, the more mature way is to own them, say, yes, I do have that aspect of my personality, and then choose differently. Well, how can you choose differently? You can only choose differently if you see it differently. So it's sort of a puzzle of how do you transcend that which you're stuck in. (laughs) Right, right, exactly. So seeing then becomes very important, and that's where you came to the eye of the eye. So what is this eye? How do we begin to see the the infinite the infinite eye within us uh, appears as the small eye is dissolved. So let's let's say we take a dictum like uh, uh, there are no such things as justified resentments. All resentments are clinging to the juice of the negative payoff of the ego, and all resentments are based on the past. And as much as the past no longer exists, uh, it's irrational. So the the great programs, such as, let's say, the 12-step program of AA, says there is no such thing as a justified resentment. Yesterday is over. Get over it. 
<laughs> right. <laughs> Yesterday's over. Get over it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, what's that famous uh, rock group to get over it? Yeah, I'm yeah. not familiar with that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Time to get over it. It was the theme of this rock group's uh, song. Okay. So okay. get over it. <laughs> okay. So okay, then let's let's talk about that. And again, we're going to take a break in just a minute. But how does one uh, get over it? How do you do that? Well, generally, people have uh, an inspiration, spiritual inspiration, uh, to transcend uh, the negative uh, feelings. Uh, some people go for therapy. Some people go for group therapy. Okay. You know, and we're gonna, I'm going to stop you right there on the group therapy, and we're going to come back in just a minute. We're going to take a break, and we'll come back to that thought of how we overcome this ego self in just a minute. This is Authentic Living, and this is Andrea Matthews. We'll be back in just a moment. Be Extraordinary. Seventh Wave Network. Create a life with growth, balance, abundant peace of mind, and joy. Tune in and call into Spirits Evolving with pragmatic psychic and certified hypnotherapist, Lee Channing. By using the simple tools for growth offered by Lee, including intuition, color awareness, creative visualization, and more, build a stronger understanding of your own energy and offer clear, unencumbered energy to those with whom you share your life. Whether for an individual or a business, home environment, or your office, Lee evaluates and interacts with the energy at hand, providing an analysis of the problem and a description of the options available to move forward successfully and with grace. Spirits Evolving with Lee Channing broadcast each Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern on the 7th Wave Network, your online community for positive change. Spirits Evolving, your guide toward a life filled with more balance, intention, and contentment. I begin each day with an intention to be open to guidance to expect guidance, to trust, and appreciate when guidance comes. With these intentions, each day is easier to navigate. Hi, I'm Sonia Choquette. When I decided to trust my guidance and further my education, I chose the American Institute of Holistic Theology, A-I-H-T, with a soulful pathway to deep learning. In my own home, on my own schedule, I earn my Ph.D. in metaphysics. You know, the value of wisdom only grows, and in developing our own gifts, we can help others evolve, too. That's how it works. These self-paced programs in holistic health, metaphysics, holistic ministries, parapsychic science, and holistic theology can embolden your spirit to change the world. And the time has come for us all to do our part in changing the world. So in this moment, call the American Institute of Holistic Theology. The number is 1-800-650-4325. In this moment, visit AIHT.edu. All my love. Your online community for positive change. Seventh Wave Network. You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 
1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. And we're back with Authentic Living and Andrea Matthews, and today we are so lucky to get to be talking with Sir David, Doc, uh, Dr. Ha- Dr. David Hawkins. Um, and we've Dr. been just talking. Uh, I'm sorry? Dr. Doctor. Dr. Dr. Hawkins, that's right. In the eye of the eye, you talked about um, uh, the whole idea of seeing clearly, and you've just been talking about how people can overcome. Uh, the ego through group therapy, individual therapy, and several different methodologies. And what the question was, was how does one overcome or transcend the ego? You want to finish with that thought? Well, generally people are inspired. I mean, you know, it's through inspiration, through education, uh, through religion, through spirituality, uh, and the higher psychologies. I mean, that's the reason for a program such as yours. People listen in because they begin to realize that there is a higher, more beneficial dimension they can live in, and uh, they become curious. How do you get there? You know, let's say resentments hold you back. Well, how do you how do you get over a resentment? And and this brings in the human will. So the reason we're accountable uh, spiritually and otherwise is because of the human will. And to realize the self with a capital S is is trying to realize the will of God for the will of our Creator uh, for our own potential and stop worshiping the narcissistic ego. So it's really a conflict between divinity and the narcissistic ego. The narcissistic ego is primarily animal. It's only interested in getting, 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 surviving, conquering, and uh, eventually it leads nowhere. So how to transcend this is the is the whole thing of uh, all spiritual teachings and dimensions are concerned with how do you transcend the animal, selfish, cruel, uh, greedy personal ego and transcend to the higher self. That's the authentic self is the higher self in your languaging, yes? Yep, yep, that's right. And it's so exciting to be able to talk about that in a way that we can put it into uh, into a framework that our listeners can hear. You know, I, what I, it sounds like you're saying is that that when people become inspired, it's sort of like something inside of us says, "Yes, that's that's truth, and that I can understand, and that I can and resonate with." And it's so so. It's not so much overcoming is not so much saying no to the bad sort of or negative aspects of the ego, but rather saying yes to the truth as we hear it and are inspired by it. It's an orientation, and uh, people. You know, of a higher nature are devoted to evolving spiritually, and people who are not, who are just, you know, satisfied with their ego self, <clears throat> have no inclination to uh, improve their personality or to grow spiritually, and they're very content to be cantankerous, selfish, and uh, narcissistic. 
Right, right. So that would be the operation of the lower self and where the will comes in. So, uh, you know, one of your most interesting books, in my opinion, is Truth Versus Falsehood, because in that book you teach us how to use our own spiritual discernment. Can you tell us what you mean by spiritual discernment? Well, discernment um, develops as you grow spiritually, and it's the capacity to tell the difference between the appearance of a thing and its essence. So the uh, essence of a thing may be quite different than the appearance. So it's like the wolf in sheep's clothing. So many things are, you know, the media tries to sell us certain attitudes and belief systems and all. Uh, because they get a personal gain out of it. They're, they're not concerned with whether it's actually true or not because they don't see themselves as accountable. So one aspect that drives spiritual evolution is the awareness that eventually you are answerable and accountable uh, for all your actions and decisions in this world. It's much more comfortable to be an atheist where you you don't you figure you're never going to be accountable, so you can steal as much money and and shoot and kill people if you want. But a person who is more advanced, uh, they're born more advanced. So we found that people are born at a certain level of consciousness. Okay. <clears throat> the people of lowest level of consciousness <clears throat> are very likely going to stay there. And people who have, uh, you might say, more positive karma mm. are born at a certain level, but from there they evolve. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And the evolution occurs lifetime after lifetime. Is that what you're saying? It goes lifetime to lifetime, yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, that, you know, the Buddha looked at it as a karmic propensity. And um, we... Christianity is called more the will of God, that you're born into poverty or you're born into riches, you're born with a high IQ or a low IQ. Mm-hmm. Uh, all of these things are, if you if you test it out with the, with the test for truth that we use and write all these books about, uh, it says, yes, that you have a karmic propensity, that you're born with a certain karmic propensity, that the gains of previous lifetimes become uh, positive attributes in this lifetime that actually our spirit evolves over many many physical lifetimes. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. So karma is not necessarily sort of punishment for one life uh, in another life, but rather an evolutionary principle. It seems that, well, the basic law of creation is evolution. Uh, the whole world evolves, the universe evolves. The universe is currently expanding at the speed of light in all directions. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And uh, so it's the the world is evolutionary. Human consciousness is evolutionary. The animal kingdom is evolutionary. So all of life is evolutionary. Right. Therefore, spirituality is really the uh, the you might say the top level of evolution. Okay. Okay. So uh, in that book, The Truth Versus Falsehood, you talked about something that uh, is referred to on the back of the book as jumping the chasm between what something is and what we think it is. Can you explain that? The differentiation between uh, the wolf and the the sheep's clothing. Mm -hmm. Uh, To discern essence, that capacity really doesn't 
<laughs> become a, an inner reality until the higher levels of consciousness. We calibrate them maybe around 600 or 650. It's called the opening of the third eye of the Buddhic body, where you have discernment. You can look at a thing and instantly you get what, it, what its reality is. Right. And uh, people below that level can be sold almost any uh, belief system, if you repeat it often enough. Uh, they will believe that that is the truth. So they, they do not in themselves have the inner capacity to look at the thing and differentiate what is the wolf and what is the sheep's clothing. Okay. Do you, Based on that principle, then, do you feel like there's going to be a time when all of us will have fin- uh, uh, sort of finished the process and all everyone on the planet will be calibrated at 700? I don't think so. <laughs> you don't think so? Okay. No. Okay. Because right. there's other, there's other realms that are better than here for evolution of consciousness. So this this planet serves a purpose. You get to certain levels, then you have to go to other dimensions, heavenly dimensions. I see. And uh, or you you can move to the highest levels. Okay. Okay. So um, can you tell our listeners what it is, how you use kinesiology to calibrate these levels of consciousness? Well, we use muscle testing. Um, What we found and what what anybody can verify is that truth makes your body go strong, your body's muscles go strong, and falsehood makes them go weak. So if you use a test that differentiates physical strength from weakness, such as pressing down with a couple of fingers on somebody's extended, somebody extends their arm out to the one side, you take two fingers and press down on the wrist and try to see how much strength does it take to, to push their arm down. Not, you know, you're not a wrestler. You're just seeing an average resistance. Right. So this morning I couldn't remember if I took a certain pill for something I'm supposed to take. And getting older, my memory is not as great as it used to be. So I couldn't remember did I take that pill or didn't I? So I went over to the missus who works with me on all this. Susie, and, and I said, I hold out your arm. I said, I took my pills this morning, and her, arms went, her arm went weak. No, I had not taken the pills, so I went and took it. Okay, all right. <laughs> all right, so, so that's how you can actually use it to really calibrate truth. And from that, you were able to discern the different levels, numeric levels of a calibrated consciousness. Yes, that's a great chain of being, the psychological levels. You know, starting from hatred at the body, self-pity, uh, depression, and moving on up through uh, aggression and pride, and then, and then uh, when you move beyond pride, you move to accountability and capability. Then you begin to move in concern for others, concern for the welfare of, of others. You move up to the levels of love, and uh, love can't be measured. But anyway, on our calibrated scale, it emerges about level 500. So you can calibrate the level of various speakers, um, people in the media, organizations. Uh, one, one that I studied a lot was some Alcoholics Anonymous. Calibrates one of the highest on the planet, higher wow. than some religions, actually. Hmm, that's interesting. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I'm curious about uh, neutrality. Uh, on your level of consciousness, neutrality is uh, somewhere in there, about 200, I think. And um, I wonder, is that sort of a pivotal point where between the lower states of consciousness and the higher states of consciousness? 
Yes, yeah. You, when, when you get to neutrality, you're comfortable. It's uh, it's okay if it goes this way, and it's okay if it goes that way. Mm-hmm. So it's a very comfortable state to be in. Neutrality is easygoing, affable, uh, friendly, you know. And uh, if you don't get this job, you'll get another. And a person at a lower level, if they don't get this job, they're depressed and angry and upset and go through a whole emotional uh, turmoil. Uh, a person at neutral says, if I don't get this job, uh, I'll get another. What's the big deal? Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's sort of a letting go of, of the external There you um, go, yeah. Uh-huh. Okay, okay. And that's why it would certainly open us up to other levels of consciousness, because if we're not holding on to the uh, all of the illusionary uh, attachments of this world, we're able to go inward and open up to other levels. Is that correct? Yes, and, uh, you know, you, you achieve that state by, by letting go, wanting to control, control everything and everyone, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and a uh, certain faith and confidence in the, in the human condition and the, the inner self. Right. If I don't right. get this job, I'll get another. What's the big deal, you know? Right, exactly. I'm not going to commit suicide. Okay, all right. And with that, we're going to take a break. So, All right. Um, this is uh, Authentic Living, sponsored by the American Institute of Holistic Theology, and we'll be back in just a moment. Taking you to the threshold of a dream and beyond. Seventh Wave Network. I begin each day with an intention to be open to guidance, to expect guidance, to trust and appreciate when guidance comes. With these intentions, each day is easier to navigate. Hi, I'm Sonia Choquette. When I decided to trust my guidance and further my education, I chose the American Institute of Holistic Theology, A-I-H-T, with a soulful pathway to deep learning. In my own home, on my own schedule, I earn my Ph.D. in metaphysics. You know, the value of wisdom only grows, and in developing our own gifts, we can help others evolve, too. That's how it works. These self-paced programs in holistic health, metaphysics, holistic ministries, parapsychic science, and holistic theology can embolden your spirit to change the world. And the time has come for us all to do our part in changing the world. So in this moment, call the American Institute of Holistic Theology. The number is 1-800-650-4325. In this moment, visit AIHT.edu. All my love. Mom? Dad? How long should I wait for you? Mom? If I'm at soccer practice... What if something happens? Will you come get me? Should I stay where I am and wait for you? Or go to Grandma's house since it's closer? Shouldn't we pick a place for me? There's no reason not to have a plan in case of a terrorist attack. Mom, if you're not home, should we go to the neighbor's house? How do we keep in touch with each other if the phones don't work? Should I be worried how we all get home? And some extremely good reasons why you should. Can you tell me? Everybody should have a plan. Take five minutes to talk about where you'll meet and how you'll get in touch with each other in an emergency. For other things you can do to be prepared, visit www.ready.gov. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Homeland Security and the Ad Council. 
the new home for visionary positive change. Seventh Wave Network. You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Hello, and we'll come back again to Authentic Living. We're interviewing today Dr. David Hawkins with regard to his seven-book series that starts with the power versus force and ends with spirituality and modern man. Uh, we've been talking about how to transcend uh, the ego and to move into enlightenment, and we've been talking also about kinesiology as a way of sort of calibrating the various levels of consciousness. Dr. Hawkins made the famous now map of consciousness that can help us all sort of see where we fit in on that. I want to ask another question. With regard to that, we see so many books now out there about uh, manifesting wealth, manifesting the life we want. How does this idea fit into your scheme of levels of consciousness? Well, it, you know, there's an old, uh, an old saying in all the spiritual circles, goes way back, what you hold in mind tends to manifest. Mm-hmm. And so that's all they're saying, that what you hold in mind, um, and, you know, because what you hold in mind is the reflection of your own level of consciousness. And therefore, what you're finding is what, what uh, your intention is. Uh, so there's nothing magical about it, and it was sort of commercialized, I thought, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah. What yeah, you hold in mind tends to materialize, which is hardly news. If you want a new car, that's very likely the preceding state before getting a new car. So, I mean, that's not exactly amazing, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's sort of just focus, and that focus just opens up your level of consciousness. Is that what you're saying? Well, the, the more, the higher the level which the, you're holding, the more positive your life experiences are. Okay. If you're holding a lot of resentments and anger, etc., it seems like an angry, unpleasant world. Right. And if you're holding a, you know, more positive viewpoint, so a person in a lower level of consciousness says uh, the people in New York City are selfish and uh, this, that, and the other, because that's the way they experience it. Mm-hmm. A person in a higher level of consciousness would say they went to New York City and everybody was friendly and marvelous. Right. And. Uh, that's the way the that's the reality because if you're friendly and you radiate a good positive energy, everybody just smiles at you, and if you're ugly, everybody scowls at you, and so it's not the world; it's what you're precipitating out of the world. Right. Okay. You know, you can have it. I'll, I'll say, next time you go shopping anywhere, you tell the clerk how wonderful you think they are. Thank you so much for the service. You were really wonderful. You'll see their mouth drops open. <laughs> Huh? <laughs> yeah, right. I don't hear that very often. People are crabbing. They're crabbing at the checkout counter. Crabbing. Uh, see, uh, and if you're just very positive, you get a positive feedback from the world. You know, I can walk down New York City Street, any street anywhere, and strike up a friendly conversation with anybody. Right. No problem. 
And the people in New York City are extremely friendly. You can stop anybody on the sidewalk. and Because you radiate a safe energy. All right, an animal picks up your energy also. An animal will pick up your intention towards it. Mm-hmm. So the human psyche will pick up where this other person is coming from. So if you're benign, they don't, uh, their hackles don't go up. But if you're an angry inner person out to ravage other people, their hackles go up. So there's an instinctual knowingness, which is primitive in origin, and without it, the human race wouldn't have evolved. Right. If you can't tell what's going to kill you from what's going to benefit you, you're not going to last too long in this world. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. And that's why I hear so many people say, after the fact, maybe sometimes many years after the fact of being involved in a situation that was not good for them. Well, I always knew it was going to turn out this way. <laughs> you know. Okay, let me ask you this. According to your research then, based on what we've just said, what is reality? Reality is uh, how you define it. It's your own inner experience. There's two realities. There's an external objective reality, and then there's reality, meaning how you perceive and understand and interpret the world. And there may be quite a major disparity between the two. Mm-hmm. And, you know, much of the human endeavor is devoted to closing the gap between the two. Are the Iranians out to get us, or are they, you know, coexistent with us? Right. Yeah, and so you, the whole world is puzzled about what is the truth of the motivations and intentions of other countries. You know, what is North Korea really up to, and... I can remember we went through the whole communist era, you know, and then mm-hmm. so all these things can become hyped. And so for political gain, of course, they're purposely hyped. They, uh, the political arena is to hype certain fears and expectations and diminish others, you know. Right, right. So uh, would you say then that reality is, um, the, the the objective reality, is that, is that something we can ever really get clear on, what that is? That's the essence of a thing. Ah, okay. That, that's uh, seeing the sheep, discerning the sheep from the sheep's clothing. Right. And um, some people intuitively, and actually it turns out for karmic reasons, intuitively are capable of discerning the difference mm-hmm, between, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, what is really in your best interest and that which is just glib. Right, right. If you're a good salesman, you can sell anybody a vacuum cleaner even though they don't need one. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. Okay, well, let me let me step back again and pick up something that I wanted to talk about when we were talking about the eye of the eye, uh, or, uh, truth, I'm sorry, truth versus falsehood. Can you explain what you mean by devotional non-duality? Yes, uh, non-duality is the classic Buddhist uh, tradition. Um, not not differentiating everything into a this and a that, non-dualistic, and uh, devotion is usually associated with Christianity and uh, Buddha. I mean, Mohammedism, etc. Right. Uh, but one can be devoted to the way of the Buddha. So you can be devoted to the way of the Buddha, which is uh, non-duality. Okay. So, so you you don't say this is good and this and that is bad. Right. All you all, because first of all you don't even know that. All you know is how you perceive it. 
Mm-hmm. So I see that as bad, and I see that as as good. So it's already quite sophisticated to realize that what you're seeing out there is your own perception of the world. You know, as one of the great uh, teachers of time said, there's no point in trying to save the world you see, for the world you think you see doesn't even exist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you know, I see people. Own. I'm sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, I see so many people struggle with that whole concept, uh, especially since the Course in Miracles came out, that whole idea of what is illusion. And it seems like um, there's a line we walk between this concept of the illusionary world of subjectivity and the real world of oneness that causes a lot of mental struggles for those who strive to attain a state of constant bliss, which the real world can always be seen and felt. So how does the self, the authentic self, fit into the illusionary world as a context? Well, the authentic self, you're, you're really talking about the self with a capital S. Exactly. In other words, the, the capacity to discern the reality of a situation, mm-hmm. which means to take it out of a time context and okay. uh, to stop projecting your own. What, you, what people desire in the world are primarily projections from their own ego. There was a good book written by, uh, called Glamour. I forget who wrote Glamour. Uh, that Glamour is an actual energy. Out of your desiringness and own egotism, you project the, a glamour onto things. They now look extremely desirable, and you think that desirability is in the object. It's not in the object. It's within you because you've projected that desirability onto something. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Okay. So really, if the if this illusionary world is a context, then really what we have to look at is our perceptions of it. Yes. How, how are we projecting our own desires and fears, uh, or you know, is that a reality or are those projections? Mm-hmm. 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 Okay. So you now know, you know the idea that money will bring happiness. Right. I used to live on Millionaire's Row, and I'll tell you, the divorce rate and suicide rate was the same on, I wouldn't give you the name of the street, but, you know, they were all multimillionaires, mm-hmm. and they were no happier than anybody else. <laughs> right, exactly, exactly, because that's an inside job, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So then, and we just have a, a, a few minutes before the break again, but how do you put religion into this reality? Where, what is, where does religion fit? So religion has been the traditional pathway of spiritual reality. Uh, you know, the great religions were founded by people uh, all called avatars, and on a scale of consciousness, they ca- they calibrate at the very top, 1,000, Jesus Christ, Buddha, uh, Zoroaster, all calibrated at 1,000. And uh, they were people who came out of evolution uh, with a great... Uh, advancement in their spiritual understanding. And you see, each each one of us radiates out an energy. So they radiated out an energy that was so powerful. The energy of Jesus Christ radiated out 2,000 years ago, and it still dominates all of the Western world. Right. So I'm going to stop you right there, Dr. Hawkins, and we're going to come back to that uh, 1,000 calibration in just a minute. This is Authentic Living. This is Andrea Matthews. We'll be back in just a moment.
Listening on a higher dimension. Seventh Wave Network. I begin each day with an intention to be open to guidance, to expect guidance, to trust and appreciate when guidance comes. With these intentions, each day is easier to navigate. Hi, I'm Sonia Choquette. When I decided to trust my guidance and further my education, I chose the American Institute of Holistic Theology, A-I-H-T. with a soulful pathway to deep learning. In my own home, on my own schedule, I earned my Ph.D. in metaphysics. You know, the value of wisdom only grows, and in developing our own gifts, we can help others evolve, too. That's how it works. These self-paced programs in holistic health, metaphysics, holistic ministries, parapsychic science, and holistic theology can embolden your spirit to change the world. And the time has come for us all to do our part in changing the world. So in this moment, call the American Institute of Holistic Theology. The number is 1-800-650-4325. In this moment, visit AIHT.edu. All my love. Fiction seeping into reality. Reality transfigured by fiction. A monument of wonders. Conspire with host and creator Roy Dean Doty as he shares readings, commentary, music, and interviews on the multimedia epic that'll change the way you think forever. A Monument of Wonders, a place where time is a honeycomb, where language spawns the fantastic, where consciousness is exploded, one inspired mind at a time. Escape the stricture of the soundbite film clip world. Enter a Monument of Wonders. Wonder is miracle. Wonder is life. Wonder is power. Fridays, 11 a.m. to noon Pacific Time on the 7th Wave. Are you in? Awakened Media for a Transforming World. 7th Wave Network. You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll-free, 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We're back. This is Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews, and we're talking again to Dr. Hawkins. And Dr. Hawkins, you were talking about how we put religion into this reality, and you were saying that the uh, great avatars of the world who started the religions had calibrated at a thousand on your map of consciousness. So, you want to continue with that thought and tell us more about how religion fits into this reality? Well, all cultures, even though they were widely separated over. Uh, history <clears throat> have intuited or realized the, uh, the God as the creator. Um, primitive religions, uh, Native American religions, uh, the, the great spirit, there, there has been an awareness of, of a creator as the basic reality of existence in all cultures throughout all of time. That's a very interesting phenomenon. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, the one self of the Native American, the Great Spirit, you know, it's no different than divinity. Now, of course, the human ego then came in there and began to claim authority over these various awarenesses. And the church uh, exercised its authority. Its view was that the average man is so unsophisticated <clears throat> and un- uneducated that it requires people who are educated in the field to uh, be the teacher, and the church was the official teacher. So all the major traditions uh, claim authority uh, of whatever they may be teaching. It's the authority of a common agreement and, of course, studied by scholastics over the centuries. So each of the great religions, you know, calibrates, uh, you know, over 200, most of them 400 and up. And Buddhism is probably the highest. But anyway, they all calibrate at a relatively high level of truth. Mm-hmm. And, of course, even within religion, <clears throat> there were people who were more evolved than others. So, you know, there are, there are popes, <clears throat> popes that calibrated extremely high. And then there were a few popes that calibrated below the level of truth at 200. They were uh, bad popes. <laughs> yeah, bad popes, okay. <laughs> Okay. They had all kinds of illegitimate children and other stuff, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> which doesn't yeah. fare too well. But anyway, so religion has been uh, the uh, the formal the formal delineation of spiritual truth, and you know, almost all cultures have their own spirit, their own religion, <clears throat> Native American religion, and uh, some are more enlightened than others, and some are based on. Uh, uh, becoming enlightened, mm-hmm. the um, Native American uh, uh, sweatshop, uh, sweat. Uh, what do you call it? Sweat lodge. Yeah. Sweat lodge. The sweat lodge, yes. And where you get together with a group and you you try to be, experience uh, the presence of divinity, the spirit of God directly. So some are very, so, you know, sophisticated. Frankly, mm-hmm. very sophisticated. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And those would calibrate higher on the consciousness scale. Yes, indeed they do. Okay. And the, okay. the sweat lodge the ceremony calibrates quite high, by the way. Right. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. What I find interesting in what what I what I've read in your work is that the the ones that seem to calibrate the highest are the ones that allow us to really access the inner nature of our divine self. Would you Would you agree with that? Excuse me. Would you agree with that? That's true. You you go you start from the lowest levels of consciousness, which are very similar to the animal, and then you go to the higher levels of consciousness. So consciousness evolved first through the animal kingdom. Mm-hmm. So the animal kingdom goes all the way from the horrible dragons of uh, of uh, prehistoric period up to the modern animals uh, and pets. So, like dogs calibrate in the 200s, and uh, we we have a dog that calibrates 255, you know. In other words, very loving, very trusting, very uh, dutiful, uh, obedient, um, all the good qualities that we wish a lot of people had more of. Uh (laughs) Right, right, right. Trusting, faithful, patient. <laughs> right, right. A good Boy Scout. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> okay. there there are lots of there's lots of animals you're safer with than a lot of people on the planet. I tell you. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So so those 
religions that really practice some form of helping us really access the self are those that are going to calibrate higher on your scale. That's correct. Okay. And the downside of them is that a lot of them became authoritarian and became self-limiting. So that within every great religion, there were also the mystics. So the mystics are those people arising usually from a spiritual background, a religious background, <clears throat> who begin to realize the, the, the inner truth of reality of the presence of God uh, spontaneously. So amongst the, you know, the great uh, Christian mystics uh, are revered, and in Buddhism there are the great teachers. In all the great religions, there's uh, people who realize the truth through, through their own personal evolution and really confirmed what was written. Right, right, right. So that mystical approach is what we're talking about through the evolution. It is that, the way I think of it at least, a mystic is a person who really does evolve into the self with the capital S. That's right, that's the mystic. And the mystic realizes it, not through authority, but through inner revelation. And so therefore there's been conflict sometimes between mystics and the uh, authoritarian religion of the time. Right, right. Right, and I, I'm I'm wondering if you see this the way I see it. I sort of see us at a place in our uh, evolutionary history in terms of its spiritual context that we're sort of questioning what is religion, and there at least there are a lot of people who are just kind of going, okay, what what is the real essence of this religion, and sort of going to that, and what we're finding is that the essence of most religions is the same. Would you agree with that? The essence of most religions is the same? Yeah, in that the the bottom line sort of uh, recognition of the uh, that we all have at least a divine spark, if oh, not yeah, yeah. a divine within us. So, yes, the modern person is looking for the spiritual reality that is present in all religions. Yeah, what's common to all of them. Right, and that's what you wrote about in uh, Spirituality in Modern Man. Yes, the modern modern person uh, who considers themselves spiritual is not clinging uh, to the authority of any one religion, and they're realizing that the truth can be found in all of them. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right, and that depth understanding gets us to that, that self. So, okay, what would you say to our listeners out there who are who might be really struggling with this whole issue of trying to become more self-aware, more um, in tune with that higher self. What would you say to them? Well, spiritual devotion to um, realizing the truth uh, brings its own rewards. Because if a person is really dedicated to spiritual evolution, they will automatically start to read, uh, you know, the best-known authors and... uh, begin to reflect and meditate and concentrate on such things. Uh, they'll get interested in meditation and see where that might lead them. And they'll attend lectures by, uh, you know, spiritual teachers. So the motivation to progress spiritually leads one to the sources that they need. And those uh, vary depending on where one is on one's level of consciousness. Right. Yeah, they become right. more sophisticated. And uh, there, you know, over the years, the mystic has sometimes run into trouble with the authorities. You know, Meister Eckhart was, Meister Eckhart, for instance, was uh, self-realized, but that was not within the 
confines of the teaching of the church, so he had some conflict with the church at that time. You know, whether you accept it as an inner revelation or whether you accept it as an authoritarian declaration of a institutional body. Huh? Right, right, absolutely. Well, I'm sorry to say this, but we're out of ta- time for today. I would love to just keep talking and talking to you, Dr. Hawkins. You've been wonderful. I so appreciate you taking the time to talk with us today about enlightenment. Thank you so much. Well, thank you for the invitation. Oh, you're so welcome. And tune in next week when we'll be talking to Robin Norwood, author of Women Who Love Too Much and Why Me, Why This, Why Now, and find out why. And remember, your job, should you choose to accept it, is to give birth to yourself. Thanks again for listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Join us again next Wednesday afternoon at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern Time here on the 7th Wave Network. We'll talk again next week.